This is your Tuesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. We continue our special week of lookbacks at the 1991-92, the amazing events that were here in the Twin Cities. It's U.S. Open time. Got to talk about that golf tournament that was here at Hazeltine National Golf Club. Nobody better to do this than Patrick Royce, and he joins me right now. Continuing our look back at 1991, happy to be joined today by Patrick Royce. 1991 U.S. Open at Hazeltine, Patrick. It was uh, last month um, was the 30-year anniversary, but, uh, you know, just part of this whole series of events, games here in in the Twin Cities, and really the the event that kind of put Hazeltine on the map in terms of a modern golf course, kind of paved the way for the two PGA Championships, for the Ryder Cup, for sure. What, uh, you know, let's just start open-ended. What, 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 you know, from the from the event itself and from the history of it, what what stands out to you uh, in terms of just you know what what happened in you know in those in those uh, five days of golf? I guess it amounted to since there was a playoff too. Uh, I think of all the uh, of the five events, the Stanley Cup Finals obviously had no real legacy here because the team was gone two years two years later, uh, and the the World Series had the legacy of. Puck, but 30 years later, I mean, Puckett and Morris, 30 years later, we, we haven't won since. Uh, and, uh, you know, the final four was great because you had, you know, the Fab Five versus the hated Rich, Mike Krzyzewski, oh, hated only by me, but uh, a lot of, and then, and then, of course, the Super Bowl, the first time he had all those. But as far as a lasting legacy that changed the Minnesota sports market, it was uh, it was the U.S. Open because Hazeltine way prematurely had the U.S. Open in 1970. That's because Todd and Heffelfinger uh, that was developed by him. He had the house right out there off the off the last green. And Totten was beloved at the USGA. I think he'd been national president. He was, you know, and they and to help him out financially because he kind of got in over his head uh i should tell you the original hazeltine is totten was a member at minicata down there by the lake right and his idea was that they could really build a bigger more sprawling golf course out in the countryside and then they were going to sell minicata right and you know those lots would have been worth a little money down there looking over calhoun and uh but the people didn't follow him out there. You know, the, the Minicata residents says, Totten, I'm not driving 30 miles to play golf, right? So he was out there and he was hurting. And they had the 1970 U.S. Open, but it was not ready to be a, you know, a real, I mean, it was poorly designed by Robert Trent Jones. Uh, it was, uh, it was this big brawling golf course with no trees and, kind of you know sit out there by the lake and uh, the thing was badly designed and dave hill finished second and said you know basically his his quotes every day were just belittling it you know including they ruined a good farm by punching 18 holes in it and he said he was going to have a he was going to have a nearby farmer drive him to the first tee on his tractor <laughs> one day. I mean, he finished second. Tony Jacklin won it by six or seven strokes. But 
it just got, I mean, we were trying to, the local media was trying to tell everybody how great it was and the crowds were okay. But back then, you know, if 10,000 people showed up for a day of golf, it was, it was nationally, that's all you would get. And so 1970 and a guy named PJ Boatwright was the, uh, the, basically the competition guru there he chose the sites for the most part and he would come in and then have you set up the golf course the way he wanted you to and after that 1970 open he basically told them the 16th tee that goes out there on the island you used to tee up on top of the hill it's not you know it's not down there along the water the the, the green sat in the water like it does now but he had the original golf course had him teeing off from up on a hill, up on a hill, hitting a ball off a tr- over a tree, basically, a big tree down to that green. And Boatwright hated it. And he told Reed McKenzie and the other guys out there years later, you know, even he says, as long as I'm here, as long as the 16th hole exists, you're never going to get another U.S. Open. But, you know, face it. Well, they finally found this little cut of land and they made the 16th down there by the water where it is. And then they made a new 17th hole and uh, made that par, that nice par three down into that little yeah. valley there. And then, and so then they had the 1983 senior open. And I think that was with the new design, I think, but I'd have to check. They had the 1983 senior open. And that had its own tragedy too, because it was, you know, the senior golf was just getting started. It was one of the first senior opens, and and uh, they they had the rule that they couldn't ride carts, and uh, it was like a hundred degrees the first day of it. I was out there, and a, a fella died on the first tee Jeez. on the first green uh, walking. Uh, he was kind of a qualifier that uh, Robert Grant, I think his name was. And he had a heart attack and died on the first tee. And, uh, you know, I remember writing a column saying, you know, basically you idiots not letting them ride carts. How do you feel? You know, and they, that got me off to a rough start with the USGA. But anyway, (laughs) anyway, uh, so now 91 and we, this is the new golf course, you know, the golf course has been redesigned to the satisfaction of the U S open. And it used to be, and it was, I think, the last year that the pro ran the merchandise tent. So basically, Mike Schultz was the pro out there, great guy, but he stocked the merchandise tent. Now, the merchandise tent you had for the Ryder Cup and the merchandise tent you had for the 91 Open, the one that you could have fit the old, the one at the, at the, at the 91 open in it 10 times, but that merchandise tent went so psycho with Minnesotans that after that, the USGA took over the, 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 the Schultz, was the last pro to run the merchandise tent, I believe, because the, they made, they made so much money in that tent. Cause we got out there and we started and we got into it you know, and started showing up. Now we had the lightning on the first day. I think right. it was the first day, right? <laughs> I think that's right. And, yeah. uh, and a, a friend of mine, John Hanahan, Jack Hanahan's dad, 
uh, you know, the baseball player was uh, down under that tree where the young man got killed. The lightning hit the tree, went through. He got, he ended up in the hospital. A bunch of six people ended up in the hospital. And the one young guy that was right underneath it ended up, he died. And I think he was dead on the golf course. And, uh, and that kind of changed the way the USDA and everybody else treated lightning. Yeah. You know, that's when they cleared the golf course now and that. But that got off to a bad start. But the golf course, you know, the complaint stopped. Even David they had Dave Hill up to play a practice round there, like, you know, early in, you know, in May or sometime. And he said, I like it. It's okay. But uh uh it was it was people showed up in big numbers, not like they do. They didn't let as many on the course as they do now, Okay, but people showed up in big numbers. We proved we love golf. Uh, and then we proved we were psychotic on Monday <laughs> playoff. Yeah. On Monday, they had a playoff. Okay. They'd had previous playoffs. They didn't reissue tickets in the USGA because generally speaking, even when they had more, high profile players, three, 4,000 people would show up for the playoff on Monday. They were uh, golfed out. They'd been there four days, right? Yeah, you only get to see two guys. So you got you only get to, you got two guys playing golf. You got Paige Stewart and Scott Simpson and, and you got two guys playing golf. One o'clock tea time. We have 30 plus thousand people show up because if you add your ticket you know you you have to pay any more money what's the best what What a deal hey we gotta get it was the to me it it was it was the most embarrassing moment in the history of minnesota (laughs) sports dumb sports dumb and the finest and it was crazy. I talked to some, I remember some kids were up in a tree down on one of the holes. They climbed up in a tree and the branches broke and they fell come, come tumbling down. And I quoted them. I, I went over and talked to them, you know, I was out there walking. I went over and talked to one of the kids and said, you dumbhead, you know, and got a quote from him. But 10 years ago, he walked up to me to go up there and he says, Hey, how are you doing? I says, I'm the guy that fell out of the tree, you know, <laughs> so anyway. but yeah, 35, but here's the, here's the two worst things, Mike, you know, the 16th people, those bleachers down there on the 16th to watch that second yeah. shot in, and, and then, and then to see him pot was always like the most pop that would that little corner there was just jam because then you could turn around and see him hit the tee ball on 17 too if you walked up the hill a little bit and uh and that there were people by reports of the guys down there working on that hole early in those bleachers at 11 in the morning two hours before simpson and stewart teed off on number one this was they were sitting there holding their seats on 16 with their sandwiches and everything to wait to see. You get to see the tee ball, sort of. You get to see the shot into the green. You get to see two putts, and then you might see a tee. To, to, to see four golf shots, they were there. But then Simpson and Stewart played like Caddyshack. You know, they were terrible. It was 70. Uh, Stewart shot 75. Simpson shot 78, I believe. Yeah, it was, and, yeah. 75 was the winning score, at least. I remember that. Yeah, 75, and I think Stewart. 
I think Simpson shot 78. So neither of them played worth a damn. And, uh, but uh, it's certain, and, and one guy working in operations for the USGA, sort of the coordinator with TV, was Hollis Gabner. No, sure. He was working with the, you know, he was, I think, freelancing or something. But the fact that we were so psycho for that caused, uh, uh, who, who went to uh, the guy from the United Hospital, I think. And, uh, and Ralph Burnett and uh, a couple others and Hollis befriended these guys. And in 93, the senior open started here. And I wasn't here, for, I don't know where I was, but I wasn't here for the first ever Burnett Classic. Right. You know, at, at, but they had, they got terrible rain. They only played 36, I think that was the year they got uh, terrible rain and only played 36 holes, but they had like 30,000 people out at Bunker Hills watching senior golf. And we went, I mean, we went nuts for it. And, you know, it basically... That 91 open changed the brought back Minnesota's reputation. Then Tom Lehman had his thing and sure. started having its team at, at, at Minneapolis Golf Club, bringing in, you know, that Monday thing he had and Monday, Tuesday. And uh, it, 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 it basically changed, you know, we're going to be the first place. The Hazeltine, the big dog, is going to be the first place to ever have two Ryder Cups in the United States. And uh, it's because they know if they have a big event in this state, people are going to show up and watch golf. So it, and that, that was that all can be traced to the 91 Open. Now, just really quick. Now, you, you mentioned it was obviously Payne Stewart and Scott Simpson in that playoff and they didn't play well on that day but there was a, a decent amount of drama to get there right because i think wasn't it kind of down the stretch in the last round is it simpson and there's simpson and stewart kind of going back and forth right to, to get to that yes. playoff yeah it was uh i think simpson had his chance to win it i, I you know i haven't actually uh, gone back and uh, jarred my memory on that but I, I think simpson let it get away from him as i recall and uh stewart of course had let uh uh, was it the year before that he let Piners? That he did he beat uh, Mickelson at Pine? No, no, he wasn't the defending champion. That was later. That was later when Mickelson missed a little putt and uh, and and Stewart won it at Piners. But uh, Stewart uh, had uh, Stewart, uh, you know, was a was a good player. Simpson was just kind of an everyman player. Sure. around and i think he had a chance to win it but uh it wasn't you know it wasn't like the terribly exciting right you know the golf course is tough man they were oh yeah uh, they were uh they 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 had it long and they were you know the the usga was even more dedicated to trying to get you over par to the win it over par than any than than that it is now and uh it was you know they like bad golf. Let's just say that the way Davis Love set that place up for the Ryder Cup, trying to turn it into Shamrock, you know, with, uh, you know, no rough, no anything, greens, uh, flags in the middle of the green, and you know, make it as easy as possible so that the longer hitter yanks uh, wouldn't wouldn't get in trouble and help them win the Ryder Cup when we were here last time, but. Uh, 
that that hazel team back then was it was you know length was still an issue in 1991 and they had a long grueling golf course and robert trent jones was uh, known for the monster golf course he was he was people were that was sort of the deal then big brawny golf courses oakland hills in uh, detroit he built that too and has a big tough long golf course and uh and that was, for some reason, that was the deal. Now, then a little later, we went to more, you know, more shots over water, shots over into stay out of swamp grass and stuff like that. A lot of it, you know, Kauai Island and stuff like that. But uh, the Hazeltine is a product of the of that era, the 70s, where they're going to make these big, tough, masculine golf courses. And uh, and uh, it was the original Hazeltine was not had zero eye appeal. And it's taken a long time, I mean, to become a tree line thing. And, uh, you know, it's still like the, the the start is kind of boring. You know, number one, you sit up there on the tee, you don't get you don't get dazzled. But the more you get down in there, the, the you know, the, the better it is. And it's, and you got to have a, it, it was a great, it's a great golf course because you can put endless people on it and still play a reasonable, you know, you're not like everybody's not jammed between the, you know, the tea and the green, you know, like, because it's such a big, big sprawling place. But uh, yeah, that open was, uh, that's, that's the, that's the one that made us what we are today as a golf place. That's for sure. Phil Mickelson was the low amateur that year. That tells you how long ago that was. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and, I did. What did he shoot? I didn't even look that up. What, uh, what, I can't what, remember what he shot. I'll, I'll, I'll I can look he that made up the later. Cut, right? He made the cut. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think he made, well, the cut. You know, I, think he, he finished, uh, I think he finished 55th or something like that. He's the last kid. To, he's the last guy to win as an amateur. I mean, this, this guy's been around a long time. Yeah. He won a, he won a, uh, a, uh, uh, he won a, uh, you know, what pro event, a regular pro event, uh, as an amateur, the last guy to do that. So, which had to be about the same time, but we didn't have tiger yet that time. No, we didn't have it. you traipsing around following tiger like you did. in uh, the, what? Oh, two PGA. Oh, two. And you were, a, you were a youth then with good legs on you, man. Instead I was, of a... I had my, uh, had my, hike, <laughs> had my hiking boots on. We did all. We did both. I did both practice rounds and all four of the uh, all four of the regular rounds. I think I calculated walking about thirty miles that week with the tra- tracking down Tiger, and that was I mean that was tons of fun. The two thousand two PGA, you know, Rich Beam, the Tiger making that yeah. charge at the end to to get back close because it was Beam was kind of running away with it, and Tiger had the four birdies yeah. in a row. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, the only uh, the only guy to uh, the all week to birdie 16, 17, and eighteen end around so yeah i mean end around that's how tough that was at that but uh he was coming then okay and we saw you know we saw tiger at the at his height there that's the tiger and, slam and, era right yeah and then we saw tiger at, at the, the end. at the end when he got beat by the first time he ever got beat by white you know when when he was leading, leading going into the leading going yeah, into the final round y.e yang beat him who i don't yep. think is I don't think has won his club event since. <laughs> I don't think no. he ever won anything. So, yeah, I mean, it, and it all started with 91. That's the reason we had Ryder Cups. And every time you're out there drinking and trying to taunt uh, some poor guy from, 
from uh, England because it, or from uh, the Europe because his brother had <laughs> had said something on Twitter. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Something. Remember, it all started with 91. None of this would have been possible without the 1991 U.S. Open. And uh, it was, uh, it was uh, you know, it was always fun seeing Sid trying to get in on the great oh, golf, no. right? It used to always be fun. Well, Arnie, he'd always have to get Arnie and Jack, right? right? And then share golf knowledge with Arnie and Jack. But it was always <laughs> poor Sid, you know, how much he wanted to be writing about the Vikings or something. But he was out there traipsing it, man. He did love being walking around and having the, hey, Sid, how you doing? Right. He loved that part of it. But uh, Sid was a bit of a duck out of the swimming pond when he was covering golf that was that was fun though good stuff patrick uh no one better to take a trip down memory lane on the golf course in particular with than, than yourself one of the unofficial golf historians in minnesota so appreciate that hope everybody enjoyed this uh edition of uh daily delivery and like i said we'll be back at the uh, regular uh, regularly scheduled programming next week but hope you're, you're enjoying all these uh, 1991 92 look back episodes uh, as well now, before we go, I just want to give you a few additional basic facts about that tournament because Patrick and I kind of got into the weeds a little bit as we do. Um, if you're kind of wondering just about the history of the golf itself, nobody else really challenged in that tournament after the second day. It was kind of an interesting tournament. Uh, you know, Scott Simpson and Payne Stewart were co-leaders at six under going into the final round. Nobody, was, nobody else was within four shots. Both of them shot even par on Sunday. Now, Simpson had a two-shot lead with three holes left in the final round, but he made two bogeys, including on 18, to drop into a tie with Stewart. He parred all three of 16, 17, and 18 to, to make his way into that playoff, and that would become a theme because that next day in the playoff, like Patrick and I talked about, Simpson had a two-shot lead again with three holes left, but he bogeyed the last three holes. Stewart made a birdie on 16 that drew him even, then made two pars to claim that title. Stewart made $235,000 for his trouble with the victory. Simpson got half that. $117,500 was the runner-up sum. Just to put that in perspective, John Rahm got about 10 times that much when he won the 2021 U.S. Open uh, this year, $2.25 million. Last interesting fact I thought Patrick and I brought this up, Phil Mickelson was the low amateur. He made the cut at one over. Luck ran out a little bit. He shot an 80 and a 75 on the last two days, so he finished 11 over, but still impressive considering the fact that he was the low amateur. And Sunday's final round of that tournament coincided with Phil Mickelson's 21st birthday. So that tells you a little bit about how long Phil Mickelson has been around doing this to the extent that he has. Thanks for joining me and Patrick Royce so much today for this look back at the U.S. Open. Make sure to listen to the rest of the week. Tomorrow, Kent Herbeck will be my special guest talking about the 1991 World Series and the Twins versus Atlanta. Thursday, got the Super Bowl in 1992 at the Metrodome. Special guest, Tim McGuire, former Star Tribune editor. And Friday, talking about the Final Four at the Metrodome in 1992 with Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune columnist. Thanks for listening to Daily Delivery today. I'm Michael Rand. We will catch you again on Wednesday. Thank <laughs> you.